Right now, staying connected is more important than ever, and fast, reliable internet from Xfinity can help. We'll ship you a free self-install kit to make setup quick, safe, and easy. Find great offers and value today at Xfinity.com. Restrictions apply. And I, I think with with putting, if I'm going to summarize, you know, kind of just summarize up again, I, I think people need to look in other places other than their stroke. Doesn't mean the stroke isn't the isn't an issue, but I think they need to be open to. My name is Scott Hogan, and I'm a golf coach located just outside of Chicago, Illinois. Over the past several years, I've been searching for the knowledge that would make me a better golf coach and become someone who helps my students play better and enjoy the game of golf more. I never thought this search would take me to certain places or allow me to meet certain people, but as the search has continued and the knowledge has been learned, I want to invite you to join me along the way as we explore more ideas that help golfers and coaches become the most successful they can be. Welcome to the Be Epic Podcast. Thank you everybody for tuning in. Again, this is the Be Epic Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Hogan, and we are excited to have you back over the last couple of weeks really wanted to first say I appreciate and thank you to everybody that sent me some notes, you know, text, emails with your feedback, your comments about the show, what you like, what you don't like. It really does help as we're developing the show. want to make it the best, the most enjoyable source for you to get some information and something you can listen to. So whatever we can do to help with that, love hearing that feedback as I'm trying to get better at it and improve, just like in anything. I appreciate anything that can come my way. Now, today we are going to be joined by a, a, a friend of mine. I've known him for a few years and knew about him well before that. And he is, again, another guest that comes into the coaching world. He's really well known for, for putting, even though he's a fantastic full, string, full swing instructor as well. He is somebody that really has an unbelievable knowledge about putting but I also love how he articulates that knowledge really easy and simple to follow it really makes it seem like how could you be doing anything else than what he's saying but uh, it's it's really a joy to listen to and 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 talk to him about it. and that's Garrett Chassard who is the director of instruction at Skokie Country Club and a little bit of background about Garrett he is uh, one of the young teachers, best young teachers in America, just on this last Golf Digest list, and he's been on it before. He also has been on for the last couple of, uh, couple of issues, the best in state list. He has a, a big background he'll talk a little bit about, but his background with being in the early days and being around people that were kind of leading the pioneer in the forefront of technology in not only golf, um, but putting, and being able to use that and see how this is all developed. So we'll let him talk a little bit about that as he introduces himself and his background. But really interesting stuff. We're excited to have him. We couldn't thank him to be uh, on the show enough. And so without further ado, here's Garrett Chassard. Yeah, so I, I guess um, I probably won't go into the really long, long history. But, um, you know, I came to golf largely as a competitive player. My dad 
was the um, you know, the one who introduced me to the game at a very young age, and I always, I guess, always gravitated towards the competition side of it. So um, I grew up in Northern California, and you know played all the junior golf events there, and and uh, you know just kind of built my way up to. Um, you know, I earned a scholarship at the University of Illinois. That's what got me here to the Midwest and, you know, played professionally for a little while. Um, you know, just say, I don't know that I would call it a success being, being what I do now, at least as far as the playing side, but, um, a lot of experience playing, uh, playing the game. And, and that really started transitioned about 2009 or 10 into onto the teaching side where, um, you know, I was fortunate I got my start out at Cog Hill which was a very, I think, a very fortunate place to get started teaching, um, you know, with Kevin Weeks and Doc Study, two very experienced and knowledgeable guys and, you know, guys that push forward and, and continue to learn about the game. And that was probably a perfect environment for me to to start this uh, this area of my golf. So, um, and then that just sort of progressed to now where I'm up here at Skokie Country Club on my own. And, and um, you know, this is this is where I come at it from, from the, more from a playing side, but also, you know, a lot of study and in, into you know, mechanics, biomechanics, the brain, motor learning, gamifying, like, you know, I know you're familiar with as well. So, um, you know, that's, there's a lot, there's a lot that goes into that, but, um, but yeah, it's, uh, that's basically my brief journey. No, I mean, I think it's, you know, it's funny. When I look back, I look back at it, I think it's, um, you know, the environment is largely the people that are there. It's not, you know, you know, Coghill is not the flashiest facility. It's not the, you know, it's not pristine for that matter, right? It's, a, you know, the barn in the back where we give lessons is a legitimate barn that's been around for over a hundred years. It's like, it's not these, I mean, it, it doesn't on the surface look like it'd be like the state of the art environment to, to learn or to, or to coach in. But, um, you know, I think it's largely with the personalities that were there, you know, doc study kind of was one of the pioneers of, of biomechanics, and applying that to the golf swing. And then, you know, Kevin was, you know, Kevin definitely pushed the envelope um, with Sam Putlap. He had the first Sam, one of the first Sam Putlap units in the country. So, you know, having some exposure to that, um, to those types of things that are really, you know, kind of an interesting, you know, juxtaposition between my background as a player where, you're, where I really didn't dive hardly at all into too much of that um, until later on. But, um, you know, as a coach, having those two guys and, and um, you know, to kind of look up to and see what they were doing and serve as that example. I don't think it was designed, you know, it wasn't designed specifically for that, but that was sort of how I um, kind of reacted to the environment that was there. And, um, you know, I think it's funny, you know, I could even go one step further back, you know, when I was a kid growing up, and this is, I think, where the just sort of, again, speaks to the environment that, you know, that we try to create as coaches. It's an environment that I think largely, when it's unstructured is the best. And we try and structure that, um, you know, it, which is, which is tends to be difficult, but as a kid growing up, I, um, I grew up at a, at a club where we had, I had an opportunity as a junior member, my parents weren't members, but they allowed us to, you know, you paid a, you know, I think it's a hundred dollars a month and we had access to the golf course and there were, and there happened to be a good number of juniors that were very competitive and that environment as a kid you know, we didn't have constant instruction or constant coaching, but that environment of, of competing against everybody and going through that, um, I think really sort of shaped, you know, my playing career. And then, you know, as I look back to coaching now, it's like, those are the things that I try and, I try and draw from, you know, when I'm working with kids is, 
um, you know, can we make it fun? Cause that's what the environment was. I wouldn't have been there, you know, playing golf if it wasn't fun. I didn't enjoy it. Um, but also that, you know, that competitiveness and, and the constant drive to get better um, of the group collectively, I think was really important for me. So uh, those are just the, I mean, it's kind of one thing even further than that. Uh, yeah. So your, your desire to, your desire to reach the, the top levels of your group, you know, as a status, mm-hmm. that was your right. driving force. I mean, did instruction come in, in play at all or is it, was it? very limited yeah i think i think well for me for me it was very limited um until i'd say until i got later into high school um you know i had a i had did have a coach but it wasn't like i saw him every week like i maybe saw him once a month or every six weeks or so to to generally to generally look at things and um so yeah i mean it, it wasn't i think it was also a lot in my case i had good players to look up to and i just kind of copied what they did um you know, when we played, there was a couple, there were a couple really good older players, um, at least that I looked up to that, you know, they were shooting better scores than I was at the time. And I just kind of said, Hey, I'm going to do, I'm going to do what they do, or at least try to do what they do. Obviously it was in my own way, but um, you know, I think that was one of the main reasons I, you know, kept getting better. And like you said, wanted to get to the top of that mountain within the group, um, you know, was, was to having that environment in place without knowing it at the time, obviously, but um, but, but pretty interesting. So as the journey began, obviously a very accomplished player is Garrett. And I think a theme that you're going to start hearing throughout the conversation or start kind of seeing is this word environment and what effect it has on us as players and how certain skills develop and why strengths and weaknesses can happen within a player. So as we continue on, I want you to keep thinking about that idea as we go and continue talking about as we dive into putting and other areas, but environment and its role in our development really can have a huge factor on what skills get developed, how they get developed, and where they end up going as we become more accomplished players. Yeah, I think it's funny. I think, you know, we'll talk more about putting, I think, as we go. But it's really interesting how the the environment that I grew up in playing, I grew up on a very hilly golf course that had very fast Poana greens. And sort of one thing that you notice that I noticed the really good players having when you're a kid, like, you know, and this is pretty obvious, you know, when you look back on it, but speed control and the ability to stop the ball right next to the hole, like, um, was really something that you, it was a requirement to play well on our golf course. And outside of that, even more taking a step back and, and strategizing on your approach shot, like, where do I need to be or where can I not be, um, and be successful. And, you know, sometimes there are actually places where if you miss the green, you were better off than, you know, than being on the green. And so like, those are the things in the environment that I, I think you notice the good players that I grew up with did. And those are kind of the things I think strategically I copied. And I think just if you were going to, if you're going to learn to shoot good scores on, on my home golf course, you had to be a pretty decent putter um, just because you were going to, you were always left with a putt that had a lot of break on it. Um, you know, very rarely did you have something straight uphill. Um, you know, so it was, it was definitely an environment, I think, encouraged that. And that probably drives a little bit of the, um, 
why the skill of putting for me probably adapted maybe a bit better or you know better than some anyway environment's a really big key to developing certain skills we've heard that actually in episodes previous to this one where in other areas of the game or other concepts about developing you know for juniors but you know for players in general as well that environment can really play a critical role now what do we do if we don't have that environment we don't have that as we were growing up to to work on well are we just out of luck with our putting well definitely not but the process and how you're going to get better i think is a lot different than what people think and so we're going to let garrett start talking about what that process looks like again if you have this idea of environment and what you're doing i think you can start thinking about your own putting and what will help make that a better skill for you as you go to practice develop and get a little bit better at it Yeah, to me, it's about, I think it talked about this larger, I'll, I'll refer to like this larger puzzle of, you know, how you're tackling this problem in front of you, right? You have to ball, roll a ball from point A to point B, right? And what I'm going to try and do at first is to figure out basically if you know what you're doing. Um, and that includes green reading, speed control, how your technique is, how you're moving the putter, you know, there's a lot of things that go into all of that, um, that while on the surface, I'm just watching you hit us. But, you know, like a, like a duck on water, the, the wheels are spinning and turning and evaluating and, and trying to determine and asking questions about, you know, what is going on. And, and whether you're aware of it or not as a player, I can tell whether you know what you're doing or not through enough, you know, through enough iterations of that. Um, and then I sort of tackle from there what I think the biggest piece is. Um, I think most people would be surprised with the amount of background I have in in Sam Putt Lab and and dabbled into a little bit of 3D motion capture with putting that like a lot of times the stroke is not the first way first place I'm going um you know it's it's a it's more about you know can you predict break correctly can you get yourself in the ballpark and then if your stroke is affecting you from there of being able to do what you need to do then definitely we'll we'll dive and tackle into it but um I think that's probably the general overview of 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 how I would go about it in a lesson. And, and it's very, the hard part is it's very individual, right? It's, it's something that, you know, there's no set one model way of doing it. If you look at guys that have been successful, I mean, you got Lauren Roberts that had a very long, slow, non-rotating stroke. And, you know, you've got, you know, Brent Snedeker's pretty decent at it with a short little pop stroke and, and uh, Baxen is you know a bit more flowy, a little bit more rotation. So like there's, there's a tons of different ways to stroke it, but they all put their puzzle together really well. It's really organized. Um, and that's where, that's what I try to work with the players is try to organize that puzzle for them. I think with the misconception in putting in general, at least I find this a lot of times and it's, it's one of my pet peeves nowadays. It's like, so let's say, I, and, and I'm sure you probably get this too. Like, and I get this mm, a lot of times where somebody comes for a lesson and let's say it's your typical hour lesson. Sometimes I do more than more time than that, but like, it's like, okay, let's work on full swing for like 45 minutes, 50 minutes. And then, Hey, can you take 10 minutes at the end and work up, look at my putting. And like, there's obviously only so much you can really do in 10 minutes, but also like that shows that they really think it's simple in the fact that like most of what they mean there is look at my stroke. Right. 
because to most people I find when a ball misses the hole, it's push or pull, right? It's, 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 I didn't put it where I wanted to, where in reality, it's more complicated than that. Maybe you pushed or pulled it, but was your read anywhere in the ballpark of, of being in an acceptable place to make the putt? And additionally, you know, are you evaluating the speed of that? So like, yeah, there's the stroke is, is what it is. Um, and I just think I've seen so many variables, like so many different putting strokes work that I'm, I'm less inclined to say that it's always the stroke and say that there are other pieces of this puzzle that probably need work. Stroke is probably one of them for most people, but it's generally not the first with most people that I go to. Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. Um, there's just no set one way of doing it. So. The first misconception of putting, you know, the stroke is always a problem. I think that is something that gets, you know, if I know I see that, as Garrett said, I don't think many people do a lot of the other areas of the putting process correct. And it's just really interesting as you go through. And as we move forward, we'll hear about the second part or the second misconception of putting, which is really practice and how people practice their putting which again, I think has a huge effect on such an important part of the game. Those are the simple things that people don't practice, I think, at times, right? It's like, you'll look on tour, you see a lot of guys with mirrors, you see a lot of things about, you know, I think people are really generally pretty sloppy and lazy in general about practice, but I think even more so with putting, when I think precision is, and the hole's only four and a quarter inches wide, like, you're it's a fairly precise thing that needs to happen. And so if you're set up in a place like this kid where he's seeing the target quite a bit left of where it actually is like, yeah, that that's something that needs addressed. And those are obviously big things. Like I'm going to, I'm going to try and figure out too when, when we're going through it. But um, you know, I think it's more about getting the skills in place and, and, and then, all right, picking off the pieces that we'll fine tune that from there. And so if you're going to organize a practice, you know, you said it's a precise thing. How is, is that practice, let's say you have an entire practice plan together for just improving putting. Yeah. Uh, is that going to look like, you know, as you said, like a very structured, like maybe uh, let's, let's kind of contain the stroke. Let's get some constraints in there for the stroke. Let's get the start line where we want it to. And, you know, like a chalk line, let's get it out where we want to get to and let's hit some putts rolling down the line, seeing it break in. Is that how it's going to be, or is it going to be a little bit more kind of exploratory around the green, hit some putts, go from there? Uh, I yeah, no, I think I think good putting sessions. Here's a here's a shocker, right? Combine all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's I I tend to personally find a lot of value and confidence in that kind of blocked, boring stroke work. Like personally, I do. That gives me that gives me confidence to go out and not think about my stroke when I go play because I know I've worked on it. Um, so yeah, there's definitely going to be some constraints and some things to do stroke wise. Where I've kind of evolved on that stuff is, um, you know, I tend to see, um, you know, more straight lines at times. So I will practice on a straight line, but some people don't see that very well. So like practicing within somebody's targeting strategy, whether they see an arc or a spot or an aim point or an aim line or, um, you know, all these all these different ways of putting the puzzle together. Like I think each player's practice needs to have some of that in there. Um, that's sort of how I also have them practice green reading as well is 
you know, when you set up, let's say your targeting strategy um, is, let's say you visualize the entire arc of the ball, of the putt to the hole from your ball to the hole. I would actually test you and practice and, and, and want you to practice plotting out, you know, like with dots or something, where you predict that ball to go. And then you set up your drill or practice within that structure after you've practiced sort of what the green reading element is. Um, I think that's a piece that people just don't practice very much. Um, and so that break prediction is something that I think can be practiced and whether it's done with a string, you know, or a chalk line or some dots on the ground, or, you know, even just some tees to mark out aiming points. Like, I think that's, you know, something that people don't generally spend enough time specifically targeting, um, what they need to do with their practice. So it would include some of that. And then I think at the end, it's, it's also, um, you know, it's always great to have a friend and play a game of stymies or to, to have some type of competition within that practice. Um, you know, if you're by yourself, then it's maybe a wheel drill where you give yourself a goal of, you know, eight of eight or, you know, however many putts, giving yourself some challenge, um, some competitiveness within that practice also, I think is something that should always be there. Um, you know, speed control, I think is sort of an interesting one. I tend to, with my competitive players, tell them to focus on more like going to the course you're going to play and doing it there. Like, I don't know that I'd need them to practice so much here in practice, you know, because the environment here, I'm like, we play on 11 stimp with a lot of slope here at Skokie. Like they're not always playing on that. So I definitely want them to do some practice, but I'm probably not going to have them um, spend a ton of time here, just grinding away at, at their speed control. Um, I kind of want them that to happen more on the golf course and more um, at wherever, like maybe go practice the course they're going to play a tournament at and do it there um, mm -hmm. if possible. So that might be the ideal way of looking at it. Um. So we've been talking about you know, misconceptions of putting, introduction into putting, what does all that look like? Well, we've also been talking about this puzzle that putting is and really trying to put all those pieces together. What could that look like? What are the pieces that we're talking about? What is it going to look like if we're really going to try to get better, make more putts, and have a really holistic approach to putting, which, again, I don't think everybody thinks about as they always think, oh, it's putting stroke, and that's it. But there's really a lot of things that you need to work on that can have such an influence on your stroke and your confidence and just everything to do with making more putts. Yeah, there's... I think those are really underrated things people don't I think all good putters do it and more poor putters don't consider it as an option of something that they you know should do or at least maybe they they kind of have a very disorganized way of doing it um, and it doesn't work for what they for what they might need and there's obviously some trial and error and experimentation it's like what do you think you like and then we try it and it doesn't work and then you gotta have to adjust or adapt from there um, and making that organized that way. Like I had an example. Here's, I think a perfect example I can give you. Um, guy comes to me kind of in a panic. He'd missed a bunch of putts. And I think this kind of gets at the, the, the major part of like looking for solutions to it. So I, he hits a bunch of straight putts, right? And I, I'm evil this way, right? I'll, I put him on a straight putt and he nails legitimately five putts in a row, dead straight from eight, you know, seven, eight feet in the hole, right? And so how bad is the stroke really when the target is very known? It's not that bad, right? He can put the face where he needs to there. 
but I put them on a putt that had, so I'm an aim pointer. I put them on basically, we were across a 3% slope at about 12 feet. So this putt has roughly three feet of break. His, what he told me he was going to aim was a cup out, right? Which already is not close. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> now, I don't say anything because I'm curious where he actually starts it relative to where he says he starts it, right? He started it about a foot out and give me a little bit of leeway on, on the exact because I'm not measuring this, but I'm observing it and I'm pretty decent at observing things. And so it started a foot out. He was claiming to be a, a, a cup out. So he's already basically missed all the break of this putt for one. So yeah. he doesn't have any idea what he's doing there. And then additionally, he pulls it. So he starts it left of where he's intending to look and the ball misses low. Speed was decent, but the ball misses low and he thinks he pushed it. And I go like, no chance. Like, you weren't in the ballpark hardly anywhere. And he's like, isn't my stroke a problem? And I go, well, maybe, but I don't know. So that's sort of the, the pieces that, that I think most people miss, um, I think go well beyond what their stroke does. And then that's, I guess, the larger piece of that's just kind of an example of something that, that I find a lot and, and just need to organize that process for people. Perception and prediction. I, I like to use the term now prediction. It's like, so, you know, part of that is you need to be able to, or at least I think good putters are able to predict what the ball is going to do on the green. You know, that could be from 50 feet. It could be from five feet, right? It's like that prediction and that creativity, I think is something that all good putters have in some way, however they do it. Um, and those are the skills and, and things that people should get more should should think about as options outside of the stroke of course we can improve stroke mechanics i actually think that's the easy part um is is you know shoot change a setup get get the eyes and head in a different position or you know even put you know put the right putter in somebody's hands or you know change a change a grip if need be or you know those i think are the easier things to pick apart the hard ones is for the person to develop their own individual style of of how they're putting the puzzle together. And that's just one part of it. Um, so, yeah. So we have a process. We're starting to see there's so many other things that can go on, where you're aiming, your style that you use to aim, uh, how you read putts. Those all can have a huge impact. The speed that you put on it, they can all affect your ability to putt. They can affect your stroke and things that are going on when you're trying to make a your putting game a lot better. So when we start looking at, especially on tour, but we're looking at a lot of players, we're starting to see a lot of changes in grip, you know, things like that that are really making people, you know, think that they're putting better, and perhaps it is. But why are we seeing that when we can just look at, all right, these key areas and see, all right, hey, this is where I can get better at. Uh, I think it, I'm going to say it's largely desperation and emotion. Um, mm -hmm. You know, there, you know, you see putts that don't go in, and if you don't have a good reason for why they're not going in, you're going to start. You know, some people will tend to gravitate towards that. Now, sometimes you just need, you just kind of need to 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 make a change, right? You need something different 
to and I and I think there might be there's probably no actual motor learning research to, to do this but some type of variability to to kind of mess with the system a little bit and get you refocused I think it's possible but I think when you see somebody on the golf course do it it's it's more out of emotion and desperation and I would generally I would generally look at that as a coach and say either they don't believe in what they're doing or their plan is not solid enough and they don't have maybe a good enough way of evaluating what's going on or say I guess in a non-emotional way of right of not judging what's going on or at least not judging the outcome figuring out how they got there and like I said I think for for the best players in the world I don't know that that's you know some of it's probably stroke related um I think sometimes it's just heck they need to try something different and they're gonna and they're just gonna do something to to try to adapt to the situation because the ball's not going in um whether that's the right way or not is is you know that's a little bit harder to, to figure out I think I've made this statement before if you knew everything that had to go right for a ball to go in the hole you'd probably be amazed that ever goes in um like it's and that's maybe that's one philosophy of now why I've probably with everything that I know of maintaining being a pretty good putter is like, not that I don't expect to make putts, but I know why each putt doesn't go in. I know whether I pushed or pulled it. I know whether I misread it. I know whether the speed was correct. I think because I'm really good at predicting what's supposed to happen, I can tell when luck played a factor. Um, you know, wind is another one. Like, you know, we play on, especially if greens are reasonable of reasonable speed, like wind's going to affect putts. Um, and that's like an element that most people don't consider. And, you know, also when I miss a putt, I might go back and figure out, like I had a, I had one this year, like it's, I, I kick myself for it, but in a tournament, I actually, I don't three putt very often, but it does happen. Um, I three putted this year on Wednesday on one of the holes and like, I just honestly flat out misread the putt. It wasn't a bad stroke. It wasn't, but like I hit it and I like, you know, I was in my groove. I was in my routine. I got it. I committed to what I was doing. I hit it and the ball went the complete opposite direction from about five feet. And I was stunned. Right. And I looked back, had to take a step back and say, okay, what happened? And so I think because I have some organization of all the pieces of the puzzle, I look back and I go, okay, what did I get wrong? And I know it wasn't stroke because it didn't feel like it, you know, didn't feel like a tip. Like if I made a bad stroke, speed was fine. It went like a foot past the hole. Like that wasn't an issue. I misread it. I missed, I misread the green shape I had in front of me, um, which is a detail that I usually take into account. And it's like, that's where, all right. So I miss a five footer that missed left of the hole. I, I could just get up there and say, oh, geez, I pulled that. But and, you know, and then on the next hole, think that, all right, now I need to make a stroke adjustment. Maybe I need to go cross-handed so I don't shut the face down. Like, nah, it's probably not where I'm, where I'm going with it. I have more of an involved process. And that's what I want my players to do is have that type of involved process to evaluate what happened. And then you can figure out which one it is. And then at the end of the day or over longer periods of time, you say, is the stroke an issue? Is green reading an issue? You know, figure out where it is from there. So... I mean, how many times does it happen, at least I know, where I hammer a putt and hit it too hard and it goes in and I go, oh, nice misread. Right. Um, yeah. You know, so, you know, it wasn't a bad stroke, but maybe, you know, maybe I hit it a little bit too hard and it still, you know, you know, it didn't break as much as I thought it was going to, or, you know, there's a lot of different things. I think it's a very aware, um, I think it does take a, a, a next level of awareness to be that in tune to what's going on. 
and that's what I, you know, I think at the larger case of targeting and having all these things organized, you can start to observe which bucket, um, you know, which bucket you need to, you need to look at, especially to get better at something. So. Such awesome information from Garrett on putting. Uh, I hope you've learned a lot about you know, his process, how he just looks at the process of putting, improving putting. I think it's there's so much valuable information to take away from that of looking at your own stroke, looking at your own game, and how you would approach before you start just tinkering with the stroke and saying, this is where I'm going to go. Maybe you need to look some other places that you know could be a lot easier to work on, but also just you, you reap more benefits from that. So before we get going today uh, the one thing we heard about Garrett's playing background he's a very accomplished player an excellent golfer and he actually had got to have the chance to do one of the greatest things I think there is in golf he actually qualified for the 2008 U.S. Open at Torrey Pines where he had the Rocco Tiger duel and I just wanted him to tell me a little bit about that experience what he thought about it because obviously that's a great accomplishment something he's earned and something that I think we all can kind of get a feel for what's going on maybe you'll you'll hear some similar things that you hear or feel when you're out playing in your own games on the weekends with your buddies would that be safe to say that's a whole different world getting into that oh yeah that's a uh, that's a whole different environment I was not prepared for um, yeah and I don't, I'm not sure you can be prepared your first time around. Um, you know, I've, I sort of hope one day I get another chance at it. I don't know how realistic that is, but, um, you know, just because I, there are so many things that you learn from that one experience and, um, you know, to, to throw it at that level, like I, it's, I'll share this story cause I, I think it's entertaining. It's entertaining to me now. It wasn't at the time, but it's entertaining now. So, you know, I, imagined I imagined or predicted that I was going to be pretty nervous on the first tee right you know and and the USGA really helped me out I had was at 250 off the first tee on Thursday so it's the last time of the day off the first tee. I had all day to think about this first tee shot right so I go through my routine I was actually like I've been an all day I'm just trying to you know calm myself down because I'm amped up right this is you know major championship and I'm I'm there there's the first it's my first problem right there I'm I'm just like so amped up and excited to get going so all day I'm trying to calm myself down I did a really really good job so I get to the first hole and and you know I went through I went through my routine and it's sort of the things like you fall back on the level of your training and and you know it's something you practice your routine you go through it you do it and I smoked a drive down the middle of the fairway. Like, I still don't know to this day if I've hit a better tee shot in my life. Like, it was, considering the circumstances, I, I hit it like 295 into that Pacific air on the first tee. I mean, just as good as it could have been. And I walked down that fairway so pumped up and proud of myself. And I get to the, I get to the next shot, and I think this is where I, you know, you'll learn to stay within your routine or reflow the switch back, and I didn't do a very good job of that, as you'll hear here in a second. 190 yards, five iron into the wind. I got to the top of my backswing, and I felt a rush of adrenaline like never before, and I hit the ball in the grandstands left of the green. Um, and so, and I made, I made a really good bogey from there, but it's like, it's a, it's a different level, um, and I think it is something that like, I'm amazed when you see guys that is, you know, it's like their first time at the Masters or first time in a, 
big environment like that that are successful like I sort of look at that in awe because that is not very easy to do um, and so it's a uh, it's definitely a different level um, different level up there and, and I learned um, I learned pretty quickly I needed to get a lot better and, and uh, ultimately I wasn't able to but it's okay everything seems magnified right it, for some reason for for whatever reason I don't have a good answer for why but um, but there's definitely that buzz, is that constant buzz that's there. I think the one underrated thing that I didn't realize at first is just how big of an event the U.S. Open is. Like, it almost at times doesn't, like, there's a golf tournament going on, I guess, but there's so much else going on around, it seems, because there are so many people, especially at that particular Open. There happened to be quite a few. Um, I think we broke a record that year for attendance, um, I think on the Friday. But um but yeah, it's a, it's a magnifier of everything and, you know, magnifier of emotion, I think more than anything else in my case. Um, so kind of handling those ups and downs and being able to, um, you know, being able to deal with that is, is a, is a skill that I needs to either be trained, practiced, or you just have to learn it through experience. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it, I don't know that there's any great way to prepare for it. I can try all I want. I've, I've done a bunch of heart variability heart rate variability training personally and like yeah that it doesn't recreate the adrenaline in that situation so it's uh it's a really cool thing though it's a it's a great experience to have i think with with putting if i'm going to summarize you know kind of just summarize up again i think people need to look in other places other than their stroke doesn't mean the stroke isn't the isn't an issue but i think they need to be open to i think looking at other places looking at their green reading looking at um how they're targeting how those are like you know that's the artistic side of it that that even though um you know even though shoot i love figuring out how somebody moves a putter and matching a grip and a putter and, and a strategy to that that's like fun to do but generally for the person to putt better and make more putts on the golf course those you know, more of the creative side, I think, does tend to come out. And, and I think that's where it all blends together. And if people are spending all of their energy and effort in that one area, I really think they're missing a large majority of, of potential in the others. So, And that's going to do it for us on this episode of the Beat Epic Podcast. And nothing more epic than talking some putting over the years. Uh, you know, I was looking forward to this. I know putting is something that can be streaky for me and just understanding more how to evaluate and work on this area of the game is always something that intrigues me and hopefully it's something you can start helping your game with. We can't thank Garrett enough. Again, if you want to find out more information about him, you really can check him out on, he has a website, GarrettChassard.com or you can find him on Instagram, GChassard. And, you know, like he said, it, you'll find some pictures of donuts and stuff, uh, but you're going to find a lot of good drills and information as well. And if you have any comments, questions, he already said, you know, he'd love to come back on. He wants to go do it from the donut den right next to my place. So um, if you want, post some questions, some comments you have about your own putting, and we can definitely ask him next time and have some discussion about that. But. Until next time, this is the Be Epic Podcast. Again, my name is Scott Hogan. Thank you for listening. If you really enjoyed it, make sure you click the subscribe button, download the podcast. Both of those things really do help, and we look forward to seeing you in the next episode.
Right now, staying connected is more important than ever, and fast, reliable internet from Xfinity can help. We have plans to fit every budget, with speeds up to a gig, all at Xfinity.com. We'll ship you a self-install kit on us to make setup quick, safe, and easy. No tech visit required. And our simple digital tools will help you manage your account online. At Xfinity, we're committed to keeping you connected. Find great offers and value today at Xfinity.com. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed.